Alright y'all Keys stay So be open minded That's why I have to say You might not like it But it's real So listen up Yo, ever since 9 it's been murder for Hello, hello, hello. Like What's up, everybody? This is episode two of the No Hope podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Bradley, broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. And um, let's get right into it. I, um, this over the last couple of days, I kind of started making a list of, of possible show topics. Um, you know, I, the last episode, I sort of went through the news, the headlines, and made fun of CNN. Um, you know, possibly I'll do that at some point today. Uh, I would like to keep it short. In my mind, I'm thinking like 30-minute uh, podcasts. I'd like to do more shorter ones. Um, again, that's more of like a reflection of my uh, listening habits. Um, I Yeah, I tend to really... Um, who does short ones? I, um, I mean, Woods are pretty short. It's Stefan uh, Molyneux. Um, he does short ones. He does a lot. I, I think he may even do more than one a day. Um, you know, and I, I, uh, I listen to some of them, you know, occasionally. His, his sort of, uh, his vibe is sometimes a little bit too, like, theater guy or something. <laughs> anyway, um. So, uh, in my mind, like I had topics like, why does money matter? Uh, you know, um, you know, why do I care about it? Uh, another one was the big, the big three topics for me, which are war, the sort of general murder wars, you know, international drugs or the war on drugs and then money. So, you know, I, I was thinking of kind of an episode where I talk about all that, sort of explain, you know, what I think about them, why I think they're so important. Um, but then, uh, and I have a bunch of others. And, um, you know, basically, you know, none of these are particularly timely or related to any um, current events, um, except in the sense that they really matter currently. Um, but nothing special, you know, they don't, um, some other chick said something uh, fucked up today. I think her last name is B. None of these connect to that. But that's a good thing because what they're talking about on the headlines on CNN don't matter. And these topics actually do matter. Um, so what I was thinking, so I was thinking, oh, okay, you know, full episode on, on like money, you know, maybe a, maybe a crypto episode. So I thought today, because I didn't really, you know, surprise, surprise, do any research um, or preparation of any sort, um, I thought maybe I would hit some of them and sort of hit the highlights. Um, and you know, that'll, you know, that'll roughly be 30 minutes, maybe, I don't know. Um, so, uh, let's start with why I think money matters. And, uh, this is, well, uh, it's in it's in a neck and neck. I mean, you know, what I'm considering the three most important topics um, are almost never talked about in you know mainstream media. I don't know why I talk like as if CNN is the only media news source, but I, um, from my perspective, you know, I don't differentiate very much 
Um, you know, you could argue the uh, somehow it's, I don't know, Fox News is better or worse because they lean towards the right wing or something. But, you know, I think that that's neo. Honestly, man, I don't even listen to them. So I, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Uh, CNN puts Dave Smith on. So, you know, I'm sure he is better than probably anybody that goes on, um, you know, Fox News or any of these other news, uh, regular, you know, news networks uh, from from the like voluntarist perspective. So anyway, um, yeah, so they barely ever talk about war. Uh, when they do, it's pretty much they found some angle to blast Trump currently. That's what they do. And, um, you know, I and honestly, I think I mean, I don't even think it's debatable. Uh, Obama destroyed the anti-war movement in the United States. Um, I uh, actually had that that idea put forth to me by a friend that was a big time activist and he's certainly you know left leaning i think he he's one of those uh kind of socialist anarchists or something but he's big time anti-war and he you know after obama had been um elected you know we were talking one time I mean, this might have been a year into i i don't know some amount of time obama was president and, uh, you know, he, you know, he talked to me about just, yeah, man, I mean, they, the, the, the Obama presidency just absolutely gutted the anti-war movement, um, you know, because he had a substantial number of uh, the people that were coming to his rallies and protests and doing whatever else, you know, they were doing were Democrats. And, you know, once their guy was leading the charge and, you know, he was the, you know, uh, supreme leader of, you know, killing in the Middle East. Uh, I guess people were, you know, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know, you know, I, um, but it seemed like they sort of were faced with the choice of, you know, bail on Obama or, uh, or stop talking about the wars. Um, and stop talking about all these people being murdered in the Middle East. And uh, and that's what they, uh, you know, certainly the media went that route. Um, and now you have things like Yemen, which, uh, again, you know, um, only Dave Smith will mention. I, I'm not sure if it's ever mentioned on uh, any of the mainstream, uh, you know, Media outlets, um, I'm sure if you searched on CNN's website, you'd probably come up with something about Yemen, maybe. Um, but, you know, it's big news. And uh, the last thing I read, and maybe I'll pull it up today, but the uh, Saudis were closing in on... I, I, I can't apologize. I can't keep up with all the names and stuff. I mean, there, there's... Uh, I, I mean, you really need... If you really care, you should listen to Scott Horton and you should read antiwar.com. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other great resources, um, but, you know, so many, only so many hours in the day. Uh, so, yeah, they're closing in on some 
some really important city that apparently has this sort of strategic, uh, it's a strategic location that will largely cut off the, um, I think it's the Houthis, uh, but really just like the Yemen, I don't know, I don't know what they're called, Yemenis. Uh, hopefully that's not something really fucked up to say or racist. Um, but anyway, a bunch of civilians, just straight up fucking people, millions. I think, I think the number I read was something about they, that, uh, you know, they're, I mean, they were closing within like 20 miles of taking the city or something. It's probably already done. That was a couple of days ago. 8 million people are now don't actually have any real soup, uh, food supply anymore. I mean, Yemen is just like not producing a lot of food uh, inside of its borders. It needs food to come in from outside. Uh, and I actually have no idea what they're trading for it. I don't know if, I, I don't believe Yemen is an oil-rich company, uh, country. So anyway, whatever. Um, beside the point, um, they're getting choked out. Uh, no food is going to get in there. And what's already um, probably the worst refugee crisis um, in the uh, in the Middle East right now uh, is about to get a lot worse. And we've got blood all over our hands, we being the United States of America. Um, well, I, I, you know... I'm not going to get into, you know, do I have some, you know, um, blame because I pay taxes because I don't want to get put in a cage for not paying a tax. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I vote on anti-war candidates. I talk anti-war as much as I can. Uh, I'm not really. Yeah, it's tough. It's a it's a it's a tough you know, moral spot to be in. Anyway, so um, let's just be generic. The U.S. has blood on our hands because we are helping to target. Uh, we're we're helping the Saudi army target. We're helping the Saudi army by refueling their planes. And if I'm not mistaken, we actually do have troops in Yemen. So, uh the U.S. is fucking at war in Yemen, and nobody knows. Uh, and, you know, that was the big changeover, right? That was like uh, George Bush, big time, uh, you know, starts these big time wars, total fucking lie to get us in, you know, ignoring you know, whatever, the 9-11 conspiracy, maybe we'll do an episode on that at some point. I don't know. Um, you know, as usual, I think there's a lot of, you know, skeptical stuff, but, you know, I tend to, to keep like an open mind about both sides, but, you know, they, uh, they still on top of that lied to go into the war, you know, the yellow cake uranium. I mean, it's just a flat out lie. And, um, Whatever. I don't know how many Iraqis were killed. Hundreds of thousands, a million. Uh, you know, in, in Afghanistan, obviously that was in response to um to 9-11, even though, you know, most of the actual 
terrorists were Saudis. Um, anyway, so, you know, there's all that. And Bush was doing that. And, um, or happened under his, you know, during his presidency. And, um, and then, you know, Obama rolls in after that. I and mean, this is awful. There's also the Patriot Act. Uh, you know, Obama comes in after that. And uh, basically, you know, from then on, it becomes kind of secret wars. You know, all the CIA bullshit, uh, this fucking regime change, you know, stoking up, um, you know, rebellions and stuff, arming rebel groups, you know. And I mean, I, I feel like the coup de grace is, is Yemen. I mean, Yemen is like happening it, it's happened and it doesn't even get talked about on the news. And it was funny because back, you know, when I was younger and all, all that stuff was, um, you know, uh, going down and, you know, the, the actual, the whole thing that you would hear, the, uh, the thing that people would be like, oh, you know, everything's so, you know, it's such a messed up world and and it's like war is our entertainment so that was that was the the kind of weird angle the media went with it back then was this you know glorified wolf blitzer like shocking all missiles and showing explosions and you know you'd watch it at night with your family with your popcorn and you know, uh, it it was it was like the best TV show in town, um, and it's interesting that they kind of went from that to uh, now it's just not talked about at all. You know, so the um, I don't know the powers that be, the propagandizers, maybe they learned. I you know I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Yeah, maybe that's another episode. Uh, the the evolution of of um media coverage of of war but it really was man it was like a big deal that you know all oh, what you know like we were like sort of morally bankrupt or whatever because you know we're we're making just you know a mockery of of all these murders and everything so um anyway uh I, that there was a big tangent, um, but I I was sort of just talking about um, I was start, kind of setting up this whole money thing with a massive talk about war and uh, how it's not talked about, you know, hardly in the media anymore. And that's my off the cuff theory of why. Uh, so the other thing. Um, that you do see a lot about is drugs, the war on drugs to some extent, right? But not really to, you know, surprise, surprise, you know, not in what I'd say is an honest way. I mean, I still think it's so glorified, the, the gangster kind of lifestyle or you know, whatever it's, whatever it is, is in movies or, you know, music. I mean, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop. I, I'm a sort of hip hop musician myself. And, you know, I've been listening to gangster rap since NWA. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm guilty of uh, perpetuating this and 
Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I'll say it. I, I used to sell drugs back when I was younger. You know, I, I actually, um, I don't drink. I don't do drugs or anything anymore. I haven't for a long time. But when I was younger, you know, I did. And uh, whatever. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I imagine myself as some kind of badass. And I definitely wasn't. But anyway, um, so, you know, that's that's kind of in this glorified phase, I guess, right now, you know, um, and, uh, you know, the, the show I was looking at, I think there's something on Netflix called dope. And, um, I just kind of, you know, looked at it, but you know, they, they, uh, showing the, the drug dealers and, you know, they're, um, you know, super badasses and, oh, it's a business man, you know, whatever. And, um, but, you know, they're also killing. It's kind of different. I mean, I think a business uh, is operating in the free market with voluntary exchange, you know, not murdering your competition. That's almost kind of more government-y to me than business-y. But anyway, um, so uh, then, you know, they got the cops and everybody else, like, you know, every, every, you know, every, every whatever, you know, ounce we take off the street you know we i I feel like it's lives saved or you know this kind of thing you know and um and like you would save so many lives if you just made it legal you just let it be what it is it's legal it's like you know natural right level legal shit you know if i want to fucking grow a plant and and, uh, pick it, dry it out and put it in my pipe and smoke it, you know, that's my prerogative, you know. Uh, But when you um, threaten to, uh, or I mean, it's way beyond threatened, but throw people in cages for doing this, uh, you know, it changes the whole playing field, right? Like... I mean, it, I mean, it's not even. I mean, to me, like these things are mainly you. You, you argue them on on the 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 best argument is this sort of very base level of just you know I own my body and I own the fruits of my labor type of thing. You know, I have the natural right, whatever you can say, God given. If that's what you like. But it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not to make this work, you know, to 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 get in line with this idea. Um, you. Uh, the, the, so so instead of trying to say, you know, uh, an argument like, oh, well, people would actually be more productive about, you know, without some regulation or whatever. To me, the. The strongest argument is always that sort of you're like violating somebody's natural rights as just, you know, a human being existing. Uh, It's just as much of a violation as I have, you know, right to not be raped, you know. Um, Now, obviously, I got to, you know, you got to protect, you know, your rights. I mean, you know, I have the right not to be murdered. Right. But I mean, if I just go walk into 
like, uh, I don't know, uh, walk up to some bear, mama bear with her, you know, baby bear there. And I go pick up the baby bear and get murdered. Or I don't even do that. Maybe I'm just hanging out, eating a hamburger. And, uh, you know, some fucking bear just comes by and slaps the head off of my body. Um, like, yeah, like that bear violated my, you know, natural rights. But, you know, what is it? I mean, what does it matter? You know, I mean, it's you got to you got to also protect these things yourself or, you know, I guess like I know this is the no hope podcast, but the hope is, is that as you know, if more people were attuned to this concept, then society would actually attempt to uh, protect these rights for people. And that would be the wall. You know, I mean, I don't think that anarchy is the lack of law. In fact, I think it's the pure rule of law. And government is really counter to the law. You know, all government does is violate these natural rights because these natural rights don't really need to be written down you know to be effective they don't you know anyway uh so so you know this sort of war on drugs thing um that's my big uh so so you know this is one of these things that is talked about a lot you know but it's not really talked about in any sort of way that matters you know because you know we can look back i mean you know to me that this is the war on drugs is um a vehicle for pushing agendas you know i mean it it absolutely keeps the boot on the neck and the throat of african americans the united states i mean it's targeted in their areas uh, you know, inordinate amount of them are put in jail and, you know, and with this black market comes violence. And, and that's the thing, like, that's where the violence comes from, you know, and we have such a crystal clear example of this in the history of the United States with prohibition on alcohol. Um, I'm just not sure how they are, uh, you know, keeping this one up. Um, like, I mean, and hey, it is moving in the right direction, right? I mean, the, at least like weed is starting to kind of get legal, uh, here and there. So, you know, that's a, that's an, you know, it's a great sign. Um, that, you know, I, I don't know where it's going to go ultimately. Uh, but you know, that's, that's very good. You know, people going, going to prison, uh, for anything related to marijuana is just bananas so you know that's that's good but yeah we have uh prohibition of alcohol all of a sudden all of the people that are now producing and distributing alcohol in the black market they're super murdery right they're super violent you know because it's already, they're already illegal, you know? It's just like, now you're in the black market. It's just, this is just what happens. So, um, they legalize alcohol again. And, you know, like, Budweiser in, you know, fucking 
whatever, Dos Equis or Coors, you know, they're not killing each other. They're just, it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, <laughs> I forget who was talking about. They're talking about some, you know, Brooklyn, the, the, some Brooklyn IPA, like the CEO isn't putting a hit out on, you know, the, the head of Yingling or something like they just fucking figure it out in the free market. It's just, you know, it, it, that's how it is. I mean, that, that shit seems like a fucking law, right? Like law, like, like the law of gravity kind of law. You know, you make, you push something into the black market and that commerce is necessarily going to become more violent, you know? And what's the big problem in the United States? What are we fucking beating over the head with, right? Is guns, right? Gun violence, you know? Um, I'm anti-school shooting, sure, but, uh, the bulk of these murders are drug-related. I mean, that's the fucking fact. Um, so, you know, we want to drop, you, I mean, you, you legalize drugs in the United States and, um, you know, I think all of a sudden we got a murder rate. That's looking a lot more Western European, you know, I don't know. So, uh, that's kind of my, uh, little brief take on the war on drugs. And then, um, you know, the, the third one is money. Why does money matter? You know, we had this brief moment in the sunlight when Ron Paul was running for, uh, president in, uh, the Republican primaries where, the Federal Reserve was actually talked about. Um, and I guess for what it's worth, I do recall actually Trump mentioning it maybe here or there, um, but in a, you know, a much different way. I mean, Trump, it was, I think, much more of the normal kind of politics game that, you know, he he's trying to, you know, blast sort of Obama's uh, presidency. And part of it is, you know, the way the Fed operated and, you know, how they are sort of causing this bubble, you know. And uh, this is something Peter Schiff always, you know, talks about. And this is, uh, it's interesting because Schiff was a guy that actually voted for Trump. But within like a month, I feel, I think of, of Trump being in, in uh, office, I remember Schiff just being like, man, fuck this dude. Like, he doesn't agree with this. He doesn't agree with that. And, you know, he's, he, uh, so I, you know, I feel, I, I think that that shows a level of integrity in Peter Schiff. Um, you know, it makes me kind of, you know, that he's honest, that he's honest. He didn't pretend that he didn't vote for Trump and he's not trying to, you know, put the, some fake facade on what Trump is doing now, um, because he voted for him. Uh, and wants to, you know, save face or something, you know. Um, and it's so obviously, you know, in, and this is kind of remind, you know, it, think back just a few minutes ago talking about the Obama presidency and him, him being anti-war or whatever and then being very murdery. And it seems as if for the most part, his constituency, they just were kind of mums a word on, you know, international murdering. Uh, because, you know, Obama's doing it now. And, um, 
you know, that sucks. And I think Peter Schiff shows that, you know, you know, having the integrity and being honest is, you know, it's obviously the right way to go. And and there's, what do you have to lose? You know, there's nothing to lose. You just be, you know, I mean, what are you saving face for? Like, you know, I have more respect for Peter Schiff now, you know, than, than before. Anyway, um, so, uh, the, uh, so we had Ron Paul, right? That's what I was talking about. And um, it's interesting for me to, uh, I mean, I, I think I think my original sort of, my light bulb, I actually have a specific light bulb moment for the, I would say the free market. I, at that point, I, I wouldn't have even been totally sure what libertarian meant. Um, but I was in grad school and this would have been, 2003 I started I was definitely working in the first lab which I was out of by 2005 so it had to be between those you know in that time period 03 to 05 and I'm talking to this guy and I'm and I'm telling him like look right you know I get that you know government this sort of this idea of of government and these people and the with special power is inherently flawed you know i i was you know that i i, I was just explaining to him i said you know i feel like that's been obvious for a long time right you put me you make me president and i i'm gonna help my friends you know i'm gonna like do them favors and stuff and i don't know that now i'm not saying all these conspiracy theories aren't real or aren't true. I don't know. You know, Illuminati, fucking, you know, uh, inter interdimensional shape-shifting reptilian aliens, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I'll get down on that stuff. You know, maybe we'll do a, you know, bonkers conspiracy theory uh, episode. Um, but I also think that it can be – it's possible – um, you know, I'm not like actively researching this stuff. So, but maybe it's possible that just shitty, basically like human nature, uh, I think what it's nepotism, right? I think this is like literally the definition of nepotism. I get in power. I help my friends. Nepotism just compounded over a long time. Looks like the Illuminati. I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of other evidence out there uh, that's pointing to that there's maybe something. I mean, there's there certainly is a Bilderberg meeting every year, and that's pretty fucking weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get it back on track. Money. When I became a libertarian. Um, so I said, you know, so that's obviously there's a problem. But then I said... But I also see that, un and I use, I use the phrase, unbridled capitalism just leads to one company swallowing another, swallowing another, swallowing another, until you just have one massive company. And I said, and then by definition, capitalism is, is died right at that moment because there's no, you know, competition anymore left. And, uh, you know, so my, my stance at that point or my kind of belief was... Basically, there's no hope that nobody knows how to do this thing. And there are no theoretical answers even. Um, and my buddy's response was, that's because you don't understand how, how, how economics works. 
And I was like, hmm, I don't know why this worked on me. I, you know, because I can be a dick, you know. Um, but I heard it. And I said, uh, no, I didn't say anything, actually, after that. He said, that was the first thing he said. And he said, in a, you know, in a given industry, you know, a given market, he said, there is something like a sweet spot for the size of a company. Uh, and he said, you know, as far as market share. He said when that, you know, so let's say, and, and it's very hard, you know, this is theoretical. I mean, you know, real markets are very dynamic and changing, you know, but at some snapshot in time or some rough average, whatever, uh, you know, let's say, so let's say the, the equilibrium is that, you know, one company has 50% market share and there's two others and they have 25% each. And he says now, you know, if this, you know, company, the big company now tries, you know, maybe it, get some loans or something, tries to expand it. And, and, you know, it was like, I want to expand it and get up, you know, and temporarily maybe it, it, with this influx of money, it gets it up to 70, you know, 70% market share and at the expense of these other ones. But he said, what happens is that it, it automatically now is open to other types of competition it can't maybe it can't move as fast it doesn't have a specialized uh it can't meet certain customer demands as well or needs you know or whatever just what the market wants you know it's not able to do it so a lot of things can happen at that point one of the things is that you know it's maybe not able the, the idea is it's not able to service its original sort of the way that it got to this as well. And one of these other two companies start to fill that need, or maybe even a fourth, you know, player sort of rolls in and takes this spot. And then there's a lot of turmoil. And when things settle out, all of a sudden, maybe there's four companies and they all have 25%. You know, there's really no room for the big 50% anymore or something. And anyway, his, his point was that, you know, natural monopolies essentially don't exist. And this is basically why. He didn't really try to prove the case to Miriam. He just sort of left me with that. And uh, I found that very fascinating. And from, I would say from that day, I've been open to the ideas of free markets and, you know, libertarianism, which I, you know, eventually, um, like randomly bought a book by Hayek, called uh the constitution of liberty i didn't know i had no idea who he was i didn't know who the austrians where i didn't know anything you know mises rothbard read that and and that that was definitely after that it was history um you know but you know there was also the sort of uh this ron paul time and uh you know, hearing him talk about the Fed on TV and, and you know, it was amazing. And, uh, you, you know, you hear you hear Dave Smith talk about it a lot. And I mean, I, I felt it. I mean, I guess he he kind of came in right at that moment. I mean, I, I was sort of in, I guess, before that, still sort of figuring stuff out. Um, I remember the first time I heard somebody talk about Ron Paul for president. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was just some like hipster loser friend of mine just having a made-up rally for a made-up president to make a mockery of everything but it was actually our lord and savior ron paul uh anyway so yeah you know i mean i i, I uh i think i got a lot of like kind of gold standard stuff from him you know i you know i mean obviously earlier on i mean i wasn't very 
firmly uh, believing in in a lot of this stuff, you know? I mean, I think that's what happens when, you know, you kind of come over, um, you sort of piece by piece open up to it, you know? I mean, I, I can remember, I mean, one of the last things would be uh, like intellectual property rights, all that stuff and, um, you know, how that's, how that's a bunch of BS, but I'll save that for another episode. Um, anyway, so man, it was cool. You know, people actually talked about the Fed. You know, you actually had a presidential candidate like on stage saying end the Fed. You know, you had <laughs> we had end the Fed rallies down in Atlanta. We would literally go down and pick it outside of the <laughs> Federal Reserve building. It did a lot of good. Um yeah, we almost had him. <laughs> and then he switched to, you know, audit the Fed. And, I mean, I guess that was really the writing on the wall, right? Like, end the Fed, audit the Fed. And now we're back to, you know, don't ever question the Fed. And, um, and I, you know, again, I'm talking mainstream, you know, whatever, media. And, um, but just quickly... Why Why does it even matter to me? Because I also remember thinking about the gold standard and thinking, why does this matter? Even though I get the free market stuff, but monetary policy is like a whole other thing. Like I just, I just didn't think it mattered, you know? And so the idea is that they want to keep a steady inflation rate, right? Well, what, what does that even mean? Oh God, this is, I, I got to figure out how to say this without taking like a fucking hour. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my understanding is that a lot of these policies date are, are based off of a, a guy named Keynes, and they will talk about Keynesian economics. So he was very important. Um, he uh, his basic idea was that if so, you have two things, right? You have money, and back then it was basically gold. We made have exchanged paper, but it represented gold, right? Like one dollar would get you one ounce of gold, um, something like that. But it was fixed. So basically we were all, you know, or we, you know, the people alive back then were, were dealing, their, all their commerce was done with gold and silver. Same, you know, same idea. So what's happening with, so basically the money supply is, and we'll just ignore silver or anything else. We'll just say gold uh, is, there's a certain amount of gold, right? So let's just imagine you have five gold bars and the whole economy consists of five cows. Well, you know, roughly, like if you want to buy a cow, you're probably going to have to give a whole gold bar, you know, whatever. So, um, but what, you know, what happens is people do mine gold. So, you know, let's say every year there's a new gold bar. Well, turns out you can produce fucking cows way faster. So every year, maybe there's, you know, five new cows or I don't know, they double, right? I mean, like there's some sort of multiplier there, right? Like more cows equals more fucking, right? It's not just going to be five, uh, you know, whatever. But so at the end of the year, there's six, you know, the first year, there's six gold bars and there's 15 cows. 
minus, you know, these are infinite lifespan cows. Uh, you know, the next year there's 20 cows is seven bars, 25 cows, eight bars, 30 cows, nine bars, 35 cows, 10 bars, right? So you can see, uh, even without all like any kind of crazy multiplier, the, you know, the economy is expanding. The economy is represented by the cows and the money supply is also expanding, uh, just at a slower rate. So, you know, you held on to this gold bar. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you had a half of it and yet you had to spend the other half. I mean, there's nothing else to buy in this economy, but whatever. I don't know. You blew it gambling. Um, well, you know, now there's 10 bars, 35 cows. So each bar buys you three and a half cows where, you know, just a, a you know, a short number of years ago, that was a one to one. So... That would seem great for people that were getting paid in wages because they were getting paid in gold. And then because the economy was expanding, they could, uh, you know, buy more cows and, and whatnot. Um, but it was real life. So they could buy all types of shit, not just cows. They could buy houses. They could fucking educate themselves, clothes, food, save it, invest it, maybe start their own cow-producing pasture. Uh, so Kane saw this as a big problem for employers because let's say I'm paying my employee one ounce of gold a week. Well, that's cool and all for like the first week or the first year, but then if if I keep paying him one ounce or her one ounce uh, a week, um, I'm really paying them more, you know, because now they're getting uh, like three and a half cows or the gold a week instead of one cow, you know. So what what Keynes saw um, incorrectly, I would say, is or uh, what he felt is that. People would, what you know, okay, so maybe you just pay them, you know, a little bit less as time goes on. And Kane said people will never accept that. Uh, you know, people will riot because we're just fucking like ignorant monkeys, right? People are just a bunch of talking monkeys and could never grasp that. So what he came up with the system was to secretly steal everybody's money continually every single second of every day of their life instead of the proposition of possibly lowering their salary so that's why we are where we are today because they actually is designed to devalue our money now, they come up with a lot of other things. You know, one of the things is there's this uh, boogeyman about the deflationary spiral that they claim that, well, if money, so deflation and these, okay, the way the Austrians from the Austrian School of Economics define inflation is increasing money supply. So actually, in my example, gold was is inflationary or it's just in the world, right? There's more gold today than there was five years ago, but you know, and deflationary would be a deflate, you know, deflation would be there's less gold. So clearly gold is always expanding, but in our, you know, in reality, it's expanding slower um, than the economy on a whole. Um, it's a much tougher, you know, 
amount to quantify. And I promise you that the numbers that you hear on TV are fucking lies. They are constantly redefining uh, inflation. So, uh, you know, you can't trust that. I mean, imagine if they want to show you all oh, this is how inflation's changed over X number of years. And every fucking year we've changed the, the, the definition of it. It's like, what? You know, anyway. Um, so they, uh, <laughs> this is going way over. I wanted to do a 30 minute episode. <laughs> uh, so, um, the idea is there's this deflationary cycle that it's a, it's like a death spiral for the economy. That's their, their fear, right? So, um, the idea is that because my money or any of us fucking wage slaves, our money is going to be worth in a deflationary, right? Gold-backed kind of currency situation. Our money is going to be worth more in a year than now. We're not going to spend it. And because we're not going to spend it, the economy is going to start to go into a downturn and then people will make, you know, be less productive and uh, that's the holy trial. It keeps going. But the idea is that that's it. That's a spiral just keeps happening. Like I don't I keep not buying stuff and the economy keeps, you know, slowing down because, you know, factories are making goods that aren't getting purchased more. And so they start to produce less and then they're making less profits and whatever. And eventually, I guess we're just, you know, we're all dead. Uh, we just got sucked into this black hole. I think Krugman calls it like a f economic black hole or something. Anyway, um, but interestingly, right, when Keynes came up with this idea, it was because the economy was expanding faster than the money supply. And, you know, that was the problem. The economy was expanding too quickly. I don't know uh, what you would call that, but it's certainly not the economic black hole that they seem to be describing. Um, you know, it seems to be the other way, right? The uh, and like a, it's like a, a a spiral, but it's a spring. You know, springs are spirals. It's a deflationary spring. So. If anybody ever starts to quote some something about the deflationary uh, spiral, you can say, fuck you. It's a fucking spring. Um, so I, uh, you know, we're at like 45 minutes and uh, I, you know, I didn't even my main topic. <laughs> I'm going to drop this on you and then we'll do it next episode. My main topic today was going to be artificial intelligence and, and, and robots and how we should all want them to take our jobs. Um, so that'll be next week. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I guess that's it. I mean, I was going to knock around a little bit and I wanted to talk little you know, crypto, things have been a little rough lately, 
You know, for us crypto boys and girls and everyone in between. Um, and uh, I kind of wanted to make fun of uh, this Samantha B article advertised. So we'll do one. We'll do one and then we're then we're done. CNN.com headline, Advertisers Leave Samantha B's Show. Okay, I don't know who Samantha B is. Uh, don't know who her advertisers are. But the, interestingly, the backlash comes a day after the, to- the comic called Ivanka Trump, a vulgar name on her show, Full Frontal with Samantha B. Uh, now, Ivanka Trump, I think, they're, I think it's like her daughter uh, or Trump's daughter. Could be wrong. And uh, the vulgar name was a feckless cunt. <laughs> so anyway, um, but hey, there's some backlash that it, uh, it, it um, you know, I want to, I want to like trash this. I mean, it's still fucking stupid, right? I mean, we still got, you know, all these, uh, all these killings and stuff. I mean, you know, antiwar.com, you know, what we got here. Uh, Pompeo says there's real progress towards the North Korean summit. And you know why he's saying that? Because he met with one of the top North Koreans. Um, so that's cool. And, um, you know, I know we're no hope, but that's kind of nice. Uh, Assad says Syria must get rid of U.S. troops. I mean, it seems reasonable to not want to have have fucking army from a foreign country in your country. I mean, whew, what a fucking maniac, huh? Uh, some ceasefire, ah, you know, I don't know. There's, um, let's just end it there, man. Um, Israel's pushing forward some more settlement units on the West Bank. 2000. Um, you know, some of these things are just like, I hear them. I honestly don't. I just, I know this has been going on for a long time. I feel like mine probably has been my entire life. They've been building fucking settlements. I don't know when they went to the West Bank, but, um, you know, anyway, I mean, it's kind of, I would say the, you know, how, how, how are you not talking about the fact like this fucking the North Korea talks with Pompeo? I mean, how how is that not on the fucking front page of CNN? You know? Because they don't want you to fucking know. I mean, for, for whatever reason. I mean, Trump is fucking... Bad news bears, but it's really weird, you know, uh, how bad they want him out. I mean, he really doesn't seem to be, like, stopping these wars and uh, make us a North, North Korea thing would be a big deal. I mean, it's obviously be a big deal um, for the North Korean people. You know, maybe we'll uh, drop all these sanctions. Maybe less of them will be in fucking starvation pretty soon so that's nice but uh yeah it's weird i mean it's it's like there's just it's either all this politically correct uh well not even that man it's racist you know racist 
in particular, uh, any any sort of article that touches on that seems to get really uh, front page treatment. And then um, they are certainly now where anything that they post that is racist, they can then just say, and it's because of Donald Trump. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I wonder if people uh, believe it. Um, like, or, I, you know, it's like the Russian thing. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm sort of sitting on the sidelines, you know, this uh, collusion or whatever. And, uh, I mean, I'm on the sidelines. Uh, you know, you, you fucking take Trump out and you got, I can't think of his vice president's name. Pretty sure he's as just as bad or worse, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people are buying this, but. Anyway, so, you know, wars, drugs, money. Those are, the, those are the big three, unless I think of, you know, something else that's bigger in the meantime. And uh, I'm going uh, to wrap it up here. Um, and I'll get this out there. Another thing is, you know, I had a friend suggest, he said, hey, man, it sounds pretty good. It's like really good, you know, the audio quality. You know, you got something here. It's uh, it's entertaining or whatever. He said, probably change the name, though. So, uh, you know, I'll be thinking about that. Um, no Hope is, I don't know, it's kind of an inside joke. I used to talk about running for president. <laughs> I think my, uh, and that was my, my campaign. It was Bradley 2008. And my slogan was No Hope. All right, y'all, have a great time uh, in between now and then the next time when you listen to the podcast. And, oh, I made a Facebook page. It's called, like, No Hope Patrick Bradley's No Hope Podcast or something. Patrick J. Bradley on Twitter. Um, And please, you know, share this around. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing with this, um, but... I would love to not ever work, you know, a normal job again and just like fucking podcast and talk about, you know, Austrian economics and stuff. So uh, maybe we can make that happen. All right. Peace.